Thank you so much, Kyle and Vicki. What a great way to begin a time of worship. Can I get an amen to that? Oh, come let us adore. Come let us adore the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in our Advent season. Last week we lit the candle of hope. Today the candle of peace. And we have the Dustin family with us. Andrew and Tiffany, Hannah and Katie and John David. And they're going to guide us by lighting uh, the candle of peace. And today, by the way, is John David's second birthday, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? Happy birthday, John David. Y'all come and guide us. Christ was born, just as God had promised. God's people in other times waited and trusted in that promise. Our hope is in Christ, who comes into our hearts and promises to return. The candle of hope reminds us. Today we light a new candle, the candle of peace, to remind us that we can trust the God who keeps his word. He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts on in you. Isaiah 23. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much um, for this opportunity to come together during the Advent season to worship you and to thank you for the birth of our Christ. And we just thank you that um, you bring peace into our lives and that no matter our circumstances, that we have the peace of knowing that we have salvation and everlasting life in you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, our Prince of Peace. Today, the word of the Lord comes from Ephesians, Galatians, and the book of John. In Ephesians 1 verse 4, the Bible says that God chose us before the foundation of the world. Before the beginning of time, God already chose us. That was the plan. In Galatians 4 4, it says, when the fullness of time had come, in other words, when it was the right time, the time that God had decided, God sent forth his son to be born of a woman, a virgin. This was the fulfillment of the plan, which brings us to John 1, 14, Christmas. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Good morning, Harpeth Heights. Thank you. Um, I hope everyone's having a blessed day as we approach the Christmas season. And what a blessing today we had with the Advent candle and the family that represents peace for us. Uh, you may look in your bulletins, and on the side of the bulletin is a little card here. If you're our special guest today, we welcome you. And we would like for you to just give us a little information. All we ask is that you tear it off and put it in the offering plate. But as we gather today, we have a lot of special things happening. And I would like, as we stand and greet one another in the Lord, for the children to go ahead and head down front, because Miss Susan will be waiting for you for the children's service. Thank you. Good morning, boys and girls. I am so excited this morning to share with you guys um, during our Advent time. Do you guys just love Christmas? Yes. Do you wish that it could happen all year long? I do too. There's some really exciting things about Christmas. And this morning, we're going to read about the night of the very first Christmas. And it is found in my favorite book, the Bible. 
which always tells us the truth. And this is a great story about the shepherds. And it's found in the book of Luke. Can you say the Gospels with me? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Good job. So it's found in Luke chapter 2. And it's the story of the shepherds. Now we know a lot about the shepherds from Children's Choir this year. We know that they were out um, outside of Bethlehem in the fields and they were taking care of their sheep and an angel appeared to them. And how did they feel at first? They were terrified, right? They were scared. And we know that the angel told them that Jesus was born and that then a whole bunch more angels came and sang. But I want to talk to you about what happened after all the angels left. You see, the shepherds had just gotten the good news that their Messiah had been born. And what they did is really a great example to us. And I believe that the Bible puts every detail and every word is in there for a reason. Just like last week, it was really important to know that Zachariah and Elizabeth were about the same age as my good friend, Brother Bob, when they had their first baby. Yep, those details are important. And today, the details are very important to you. It says that the shepherds, when the angels had left, they went straight to Bethlehem. Now that means immediately. They didn't stop and take care of anything. They didn't talk about it and have a meeting. They immediately went to Bethlehem. And they went and sought Jesus and they found him in the manger. And then listen to what they did afterwards. It says, they hurried and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about the child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Everyone who heard was amazed. Have you ever had somebody tell you something and you weren't so amazed? There are times where that happens. But I know that when people come to me and they're excited about what God's doing in their lives and they're excited about what they've seen, that I get to join them in that joy and being amazed. And here's the thing about our shepherds. They started the story being terrified, but they found peace when they went to Jesus. And they found a peace that they wanted to share with other people. And so they immediately went and shared it. And then, guess what they did after they told about Jesus? The scripture says that they went back to their sheep and they were worshiping and praising God the whole time. Isn't that so great for us to remember at this Christmas time that we have good news to share and that we can share that with other people and that we can continue to praise and worship God? And I think that that's a way we can have Christmas all year long is by sharing about his peace with other people. So I want for you this week, when you are um, feeling anxious or terrified or you're worried or just a little unsettled about something, 
or maybe something changes in your schedule. There's a lot of changes right now with Christmas time. I want for you to remember that Jesus came to give you peace and that he came into this world for you and you were created for him and to go and share his good news. Can you guys pray with me? We'll pray in three, two, one. Dear God, I just thank you so much for the peace that you give us. Help us, Lord, to know that no matter what our circumstances are, no matter how we feel, that you can give our hearts and our minds peace. And Lord, I pray that that would be so exciting for us, that we would go and share that with others, and that they too would be amazed. I ask this in your name. Amen. <coughs> All right, boys and girls, can you go back to your seats and find your mom and dads? Join with me in Luke chapter 1 if you have uh, scriptures, whatever form you brought them in. Join me at, uh, at that place. As Susan so eloquently reminded me this morning, we talked about ancient people last week. Zechariah and Elizabeth. You would have think that I would have mentored in two years. Susan, a little bit better than that. He who holds the microphone last is usually more in control than the one who holds it first. The story of Zachariah and Elizabeth remind us that God keeps his promises. And that's the foundation upon which you and I build hope. Not wishful thinking, but very strong, solid, foundational experiences of life. Because not everything that goes on in life is an easy experience. Amen. Life brings a lot of different challenges and difficulties. And unless we are anchored to the strongest of foundations, storms of life can challenge us beyond what we sense we're capable of. Like, for example, take today's word, peace. I have no shadow of a doubt that in my heart, there is the place of peace. It's all because of the Prince of Peace. Faith and trust in Jesus. So that regardless of what the circumstances of life bring, there is still a sense of of awareness that nothing is impossible with my Lord Jesus. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that that doesn't mean that every set of circumstances that come in my direction bring a smile. They don't. On the outside. And it's not that the differing sets of circumstances that come in our direction don't cause us to wonder, I mean, what, what does this mean? What is the future holding both in our specific life experiences, our own church experiences, the places we work, uh, go to school, refer to that more so in, in just a little bit. But with all of that that flows in our direction, there is still inside of here something that is stable, it is strong, it holds fast. 
And in that setting, we can be at peace. Most every morning that uh, Lisa and I get up, we go about differing routines in the morning, but we usually end back up same time getting dressed. We like watching Channel 7 on our cable. It's Fox News. You know, and, and uh, I can't tell you the sadness of the number of times that I hear over the early morning news about somebody being shot to death the night before. Are you with me? I mean, you, you experience, regardless of what channel news you watch, there's just this consistent running of loss of life and unnecessary loss of life. You know, I mean, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a tragedy in most circumstances. It was because somebody uh, took a firearm and for multitude of reasons, and sometimes it seems for no reason at all that makes any sense, life is taken. It's gone. How do you find peace in tumultuous times? Do y'all remember our friend Ben Gurley? How many of you remember Ben? Ben's a product in the life of our church. Many of you will remember him. Ben came to us a few, I don't know how long ago it was now. I lose track of time because I'm getting older and I can't keep up with the details. Ben and I are friends on Facebook, and I got a Facebook message from Ben this week. He said, Bob, I'm going to be back in Nashville in March. So we get to see Ben again. Do you know where Ben is today? Ben's in South Korea. You know how close that is to North Korea? You know what's going on in North Korea? But in the message that Ben sent me, he said, all is well. I will spend a cold Christmas here, but I look forward to what comes in being back in Nashville and being able to see the church family again. He said, thank you so much for praying for me. How did he know we were praying for him? Well, he asked us to when he left. Do you remember that? And we put his name on our prayer sheet that you can get routinely that we look at on, on Wednesday nights. Korea is not a place. North Korea is not a place of peace. But in South Korea, Ben has place of peace. How do we find peace in tumultuous life situations. Mary teaches us. Join with me in looking at Luke chapter 1. We'll begin reading at, at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman. The Lord is with you. She was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. And then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Now Mary asked the angel, How can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Truly, therefore, the the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. The angel left her. Father, just as your spirit provided the miracle of a virgin birth, May your spirit present in us and with us this morning bring a message from the very presence of our Father in heaven that we might hear his voice today. We all ask this in the beautiful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Peace. At the end of the service, we're going to sing a song, Let There Be Peace on earth peace by its very nature communicates that there is the possibility and we recognize the existence of hatred animosity between individuals that is unresolved and so there is no peace in those settings anger bitterness some experiences of life leave us confused uncertain disturbed like in Mary's sense, and the shepherd that Susan taught our children about. Fearful. When life in any part is unsettled, it's a difficult place to find peace. But it is in those environments that we search for it. We sense that it's not there. And thus we want it. The story of Christmas then becomes the story of harmony and resolution so that peace can be present. I found two things that really stood out for me to to share with you as God and I talked about this passage. Here's the first one. Favor with God brings an opportunity for peace to exist in our lives. Now, as we look at the story and and Mary's encounter with God's messenger, Gabriel, when God speaks that message through uh, his lips into Mary's life, uh, her whole world becomes uncertain. Her whole world becomes scary. It becomes confusing. It becomes troubling. And oftentimes, that's what our encounter with God is like. It's a short three years ago now that in the year of 2014 that that God began to speak a new direction of life to me. I didn't think about retiring as senior pastor, Pleasant Heights Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee at the age of, 
of 62. That was early. It wasn't how I had thought the plan out and designed it in my mind. But God began to speak earlier in that year, a very clear direction. And I began to think, God, these people pay me a pretty good salary. It's a little early to start drawing on my retirement. Back in 2008, I lost, like many of you did, half of it. Social Security surely not going to support me. My wife works part-time. And the message of God to retire at that setting did not have for me a consciousness of settled place. And yet I knew the very words of God. But his message brought to me that sense of, this is scary. This is unsettling. But I continued to walk with God in that pathway because I recognized that, that having the favor of God and the grace of God in my life is a good place to be. But it was challenging. As I continued to listen to God and, and walked with him through that process, even to this day, as I responded in faith to him, I continued to see the plan and the pattern of God flesh itself out to a place of constant and consistent care and provision. In the continuing conversation that Mary had with God on that day, the announcement was strong and, and it was vital. Mary, you have found favor with God and this is what God is going to be about. And I just want you to remember and hold on to this truth, Mary. Nothing will be impossible with God. Can there be peace in your place of work? Can there be peace in the school environment that you attend on a weekly basis? Can there be peace in the community of Nashville that has known more shooting deaths this year than last year? Can there be peace in the church that we gather to worship in and the body of believers that we share life with on a weekly basis? Can there be peace in you and me? Nothing will be impossible with God. You see, that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of the gospel that God brings through us in Holy Scripture in the life of His Son, Jesus. The message of Christmas bears the truth that there is first and foremost a disharmony, an animosity that exists between God as our Creator and mankind the highest of His creation. Sin separates us from God and it positions us in that relationship with him to be judged to eternal damnation by him, separated from him forever. But the grace of God acts when God becomes flesh, sends his son into our world who resolves and settles the issue of our sin and separation when he judges that sin in the grace-filled death of Jesus 
For in the death of Jesus upon that cross, he took our sin. He took its penalty for us. And thus through Christ and his death on that cross, we can be healed, made whole, forgiven, delivered from judgment. We can be given a a new life. We can be given a relationship and a life with God that has peace and reconciliation with him. This week as your homework assignment, you read in the book of Romans. Can you find Romans chapter 5 with me in your scriptures? Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. See them with your eyes. Hear them with the ears of your mind and your heart. What an amazing passage. This is how it reads in my Holman translation. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith. Now, what does that mean? Paul is saying that God is the ultimate judge. He is the one who is in control of the finality of all of human existence and where every person will spend eternity. And Paul is saying that when we chose to believe in the plan that God had to bring peace between us and him through the death of Jesus on the cross, when we believed and trusted and acted upon that truth, He declared that from that moment on, we were in a right relationship with him. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Give me a resounding amen to that. The applause of our life needs to resonate consistently in the gift of peace that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Also through him, he says in verse 2, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I love this so much, I don't want you to see it just once. Turn to the book of Colossians. If you're not that familiar with your Bible, Colossians is toward the back. So if you're in the book of Romans, just keep going toward the back. You'll find 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. In chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 21. Reads this way in my Holman translation. I always love to pause and listen because even though many of you have the scriptures in electronic form, Many of you still bring your Bibles with you. And there's something about the turning of those leaves. When I was growing up, my pastor was Lee J. Hudson. We didn't have iPads and Facebook back and all that when I was back in church. And all we had was this. He used to say that when he heard us turning the pages of Scripture, he said it sounded like angels' wings fluttering to him. This is what... Paul says to the church at Colossae in verse 21 of the first chapter. And you were once alienated and hostile in mind because of your evil actions. Now I know most of you in this room don't think that is a picture of your life. But let me tell you, it was when you were without Jesus. 
You're saying, I, I was an evil, bad person. Yes, you were in the eyes of God. I'm not evaluating, nor was God at that point in time, your morals and your values. It's just merely what you look like compared to him. And before Jesus comes into our lives, this is what all of us look like. Sinful, broken, alienated, hostile in our relationship with God. Evil in our actions. But don't you like the three little letter conjunction known as but? I love hearing Alan Hunt sing Redeemed. I love Sailor's new song, I Got Saved. Because the presence of Jesus and what he has done for us and our willingness to put faith in him brings an immediate sense of contrast, transformation that is communicated by that little conjunction. You were, but now. Scripture says in verse 22, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you, hear this, holy, faultless, and blameless before him. How can I be at peace in the midst of a tumultuous world? Brothers and sisters, I can be at peace because of the Prince of Peace. Jesus has taken care of my number one issue, and that's my relationship with my Creator. Because of Jesus Christ, I am now at peace with God. Those who were once enemies have now become family through the grace of God in Jesus Christ. God is not today my judge. God today is my heavenly father through the Lord Jesus Christ. First thing that I see in this story is that the favor of God brings to every human being the opportunity of a peaceful relationship with him. But here's the second thing that I noticed in this story. Just because there was opportunity does not mean that it was automatic. The angel said to Mary, here's the word of God to you. You found favor with him. And he's going to use your life to bring his son into this world. It will be a miraculous experience that can only happen through the supernatural power of God through his Holy Spirit. You're a virgin, but you're going to give birth to a son. And you're going to call his name Jesus because he's going to be the savior of the world, Luke tells us. And Mary, confused and disturbed and uncertain, troubled by all of this this statement that's going on wondering what is God going to bring into her world is faced with a very difficult life situation but in verse 38 she resolves I'm going to let God be in control I am she says the Lord's slave may it be done to me according to your word Mary makes a choice of faith that makes all the difference in her world experience. She chooses to walk with God according to his plan for her life. And so she identifies herself as a servant, as a slave of the Lord. And she accepts his plan for her. 
She says, in essence, God, I believe in you. I trust in you to know what is best. And I'm willing to say yes to you and no to any and all other dreams that I have had, am now having, or could have had in the future. I put aside every plan that exists in my own mind for my own life. And regardless of the nature and difficulty of the path upon which you call me to walk, I believe that the only place to find peace is to be found in obedient acceptance of your plan for my life. Have you said that to God for your life? The only place that I have found in life that there cannot be peace regardless of circumstances is in the place of saying no to the Creator. It's the only place that I have found that there can be no peace regardless of the circumstances. And that is saying no to God. Because Mary did. She came to know an amazing sense of wonder and pilgrimage with God. Birthing the Son of God. Holding the creator of the universe in her arms as she would rock him to sleep, feed him physical nourishment. Oh, yeah, life, life was difficult when you get a message from God that says you're going to conceive and bear a son as a virgin. All kinds of stories, sideways glances. And then when he grows up and he becomes faithful to God's plan and you lose him in Jerusalem at the age of 13. Go back and find him. Why did you do this to Joseph and me? Well, I had to be about my father's business in my father's house. And he leaves at the age of 30 and goes on his journey of three years. Preaching, teaching, healing. Sometimes looking like he was the most lunatic man on the face of the earth. Causing great wonderment in her own life as to whether or not she's been a good mom. and Provided for him in the way that she should. She's there. When they beat him. Try him. Crucify him. Watches him carrying his cross standing at the foot of that cross when they nail him to it place it down in the ground grieving as any of you moms would but I am certain that through all of that there was something inside of her having found the favor of God knowing that with God nothing would be impossible that she was at peace. Mother, the Mary of the Son of God. Mary, the mother of the Son of God. At peace. Someone once made this statement. It takes two sides 
to make a lasting peace. But it only takes one to make the first step. It's a long step from heaven to earth. But God made it. And Jesus came. It's a step for peace. But it takes two sides to make that a lasting peace for each individual. Receiving God's grace in Christ gives us peace with God. And the interesting thing as we want to sing, let there be peace on earth, is that when God gives grace from himself to people in his relationship with them and their relationship to him, and they are declared to be in a right relationship and there is peace and reconciliation, that when God gives his grace to people in their daily lives, he enables them to give each other grace so that there is the opportunity of peace not only between us and God, between us and people on earth. It's all about finding favor, expressing it, sharing it in a grace-filled life. So the nature of the message today about peace asks the question, is there peace in your heart between you and God? That's available through Jesus and only through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And if you know that place of peace because of his grace in your life, and you stand holy and faultless and blameless before God through the blood of Jesus, then are you experiencing peace in your workplace, at school? At home, at church, in your own heart, in all of your relationships. That's what Christmas is. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Father, thank you for your gift. You fulfilled your promise. And there, there is the offering of peace. I know your heart breaks, Father, every time you look at your world. Peace is probably the thing that is lacking the most. People are just so destructive when they don't know Jesus. Sometimes even those of us who know Jesus don't act very graceful. Father, it's my prayer that from the message that you brought us this morning that we will know a fresh place of grace, that there will be peace between each of us and you. And if there's a person here this morning who doesn't know that peace, that they will choose today to put faith in Jesus and have their own conjunction of the contrast that comes when he brings his life into their life. And because of the grace that he gives to so many of us in this room, may there be peace between us, we pray as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Kyle's coming. He's going to lead us to sing. Uh,
Oh, come all you faithful. There's a public decision that you want to make this morning due to response that God is drawing from your heart. The message that you've heard this time is for you. If it's public, I'll be here to help you in whatever public decision you want to make. You may just want to use the altar.